Grammar Girl here. I'm Mignon Fogarty, and welcome to new listeners. In this podcast, I give you tips and memory tricks to help you with some of the trickier rules and words in English. And I also like to tell you stories about interesting things I dig up along the way. Think of me as your fun guide to the English language and how people use it. This week, I have a quick and dirty tip about the difference between the words stint and stent, and a meaty middle about how to pronounce coyote, or is that coyote, or something else? We'll figure it out. A listener named Elizabeth wrote, Would you please cover the proper use of stint and stent? I'm so sick of people asking about the three stints in one of my arteries that I really believe my head will explode the next time it happens. Well, we wouldn't want that to happen. When I started doing research, both of these words surprised me. In my whole life, I've only heard stint used to mean something like an assignment or a set amount of time. As in, I did a stint as a sailmaker in Seattle, but it didn't suit me. Or little Joey did a three-year stint in the big house. But stint has actually been used in English since the 1300s and has had many other meanings. It comes from an old English word that means to make blunt or dull, and most of the meanings seem to be somehow related to limits or restrictions. For example, it can be a verb that means to be frugal or cheap, as in, can you pick up groceries on your way home? And don't stint on the ice cream. I want the good stuff. Still, searching both Google Books and the corpus of contemporary American English— shows that even though throughout the ages it's had many other meanings, the use I'd heard of is vastly more common today. So I'm probably not the only one who thought that was the only meaning. It's safe to say that today you use stint to describe a bit of time. A stint in rehab, a stint as a driver for a celebrity, or a stint as a visiting professor at Oxford. Stent surprised me in both a similar and a different way. Stent has also been an English word since the 1300s, but the Oxford English Dictionary says nearly all its old uses are now obsolete except in Scottish. The use you're most likely to encounter today, the type of stent Elizabeth has in her arteries, is named after a person, a 19th century dentist, Charles Stent. But he's known for inventing improved dentures, so how did the little tubes that keep your arteries open, and really now keep all kinds of tubes in our bodies open, come to be named after him? Well, an article in the Journal of the History of Dentistry says it goes back to plastic surgery during World War I. Apparently, a lot of soldiers got face wounds when they popped up from the trenches to fire on the enemy. So doctors found themselves trying new methods to repair this kind of damage that they hadn't seen much before. One Dutch doctor named J.F. Esser wrote about using Dr. Stent's dental molding material as essentially a base for forming skin grafts. And I'm dramatically simplifying things here. The compound came to be known as Stent's mold and Stent's impression compound. It wasn't until 1966 that the word stent appeared in a cardiovascular journal. And by that time, it had come to mean any kind of non-biological support used to give shape or form to biological tissue. And that sounds like what arterial stents do, so it makes sense. 
First, it supported tissue in plastic surgery, and then it came to have many other uses, supporting tissue and giving shape, like the little tubes in Elizabeth's arteries. When a word gets its name from a person, it's usually capitalized at first, but then often becomes lowercase as it loses that sense of being associated with that person and takes on more of a common noun meaning. And that's exactly what happened with the word stent. You can find it capitalized in old references, but today we keep it lowercase. Finally, an article in the Mayo Clinic Proceedings points out that even though the word stent comes from a person's name, it fits exceptionally well for what it does, since the little tube corrects what doctors call a stenosis, which comes from a Greek word that means to narrow. Stenosis and stent aren't related at all etymologically, but they sure do sound nice together. The OED says people also confused stint and stent in the old uses, so this isn't a new problem. The words just sound a lot alike. But you'd do well not to be one of the people who confuses them, save Elizabeth's brain. And now that you know this story, that this stent is named after a person and related to dentures, you can use that word from the story, dentures, to remember that the medical device is spelled with an E, just like the word dentures. If you aren't sure of the spelling, think of the dentures. A few years ago, I was listening to the Range podcast made by two of my friends, Julia Ritchie and Amy Westervelt. It's a great show about life in the West, and this particular episode was about the controversies surrounding coyote hunting. But about halfway through the podcast, I noticed that people were pronouncing coyote two different ways, the three-syllable coyote and the two-syllable coyote. Here are two clips. So after their first petition to get a coyote hunting ban failed, they tried again in November of last year, and about 40 people spoke. I tallied it up. Personally, I don't believe any of the coyote hunting expeditions by the general public are effective at reducing coyote numbers. I did some research and didn't find anything definitive, and then I put the question out to the Grammar Girl Facebook page and got more than 1,800 responses which is why it's nearly three years later that I've gone through all the comments, made a map, and am now telling you about it. Wow, thanks for all that. I didn't word the question in a way that makes this a scientific study, but 1,800 responses certainly rivals things I've seen published in journals. And since then, I've also done more research. So here's what I found. There are actually more than two different ways to pronounce it. You have coyote and coyote, which you heard in the clips. But then some people pronounce it with a little bit of a different ending, coyote. And some, honoring the Spanish origin or who live near the Mexican border in the United States, might pronounce it the Spanish way, coyote. And the Cambridge Dictionary says the British pronunciation is coyote. So we can safely say that there are at least five, five, different pronunciations that people are regularly using to describe this animal, and I bet there are some I haven't even found. And that's just in current times. A publication from the late 1800s by the American Dialect Society notes that at that time, the word was often mispronounced as K-O-T, 
although I'm guessing at the pronunciation. The K part at the beginning is clear, but your guess is as good as mine as to how they meant people pronounced the last part. It could be K-O-T. It's just spelled C-A-Y-O-T-E. Now, most of what I'll talk about next is just about the first two pronunciations, because that's what I asked people about, and I made a map of the responses. You can see it on the transcript of this article on the website at quickanddirtytips.com. What'll jump out at you first is that the coyote pronunciation is much more prominent in the middle of the United States than anywhere else. It spans a somewhat expanded Great Plains region. All along the coasts and in the south, and through the whole Minnesota-Wisconsin-Ohio region, people primarily seem to say coyote. But in Montana, Wyoming, the Dakotas, Kansas, Nebraska, and Iowa, coyote seems dominant. Colorado, Texas, Oklahoma, and Arkansas seem to have a mixed bag. People from the University of South Dakota told me their mascot is the coyote, but that his name is Charlie, and sometimes they call him Charlie Coyote. But when I started reading the comments themselves, two patterns emerged beyond big-picture geography. First, there seems to be a clear rural-urban divide. People in cities are more likely to say coyote, and people who live in rural areas are more likely to say coyote. And there were quite a few comments from people who said something like this, quote, I'm from Los Angeles and we say coyote, but we would say coyote when we were trying to sound like cowboys, unquote. Second, there seems to be an age-related divide, with older people saying coyote and younger people saying coyote, which, of course, leads us to Wiley Coyote, the Looney Tunes character who's always getting an anvil dropped on his head by the Roadrunner. That cartoon first appeared in 1949. Many people speculate that younger urban people say coyote because the only experience they've had with coyotes is from the cartoons, and that may play a role. But I believe the three-syllable version is actually the older version, since the word comes to English from the Mexican-Spanish word coyote, which ultimately goes back to the Nahuatl word coyotl. I found one radio interview that said coyote was the original pronunciation in English, but it didn't provide references, and I'm not convinced. The earliest citations in the Oxford English Dictionary seem to be a mix of the two-syllable and three-syllable version. It's actually a mess. The first eight citations spell it seven different ways. Noah Webster's original dictionary, published in 1828, doesn't appear to include the word. The Imperial Dictionary by John Ogilvie, published in 1885, an extension of Webster's original dictionary, shows two pronunciations, with the coyote pronunciation first. But Webster's 1913 unabridged dictionary flips that around and shows the three-syllable pronunciation first, likely pronounced coyote, and then also appears to include an alternative two-syllable pronunciation— it seems that, at least in the United States, people have pronounced it both ways for a long time. And for what it's worth, the coyote pronunciation seems to be mostly limited to the United States and Canada. Nobody outside those two countries reported saying coyote, and the Oxford English Dictionary doesn't include a two-syllable pronunciation. 
And then there were a few comments that don't fit any of the patterns, but seemed interesting enough to pass along. Two people, for example, said they use coyote as the singular, but coyotes as the plural. And another person reported doing the exact opposite. I'm not sure what to make of that, except that people are adapting the pronunciations to have different meanings. Along the same lines, at least one person from Southern California said he uses coyote for the animal and coyote for a person who smuggles immigrants across the border. Finally, there were multiple people who realized they say it both ways and said they always feel like they aren't even sure how it should be pronounced. And after going through all the comments and possibilities, I can say I'm not surprised people are confused. Quite a few people seem to use two different pronunciations depending on the context, whether they're talking about one or more animals, or even just randomly. Merriam-Webster calls the coyote pronunciation chiefly Western, but that's not exactly what I found. Among my responses, almost nobody in California or Arizona reported saying coyote, for example. It could just be that the people in those states who say coyote aren't active on my Facebook page, but that seems unlikely. So, after all this research, what do I think you should do? Well, if you're in the U.S., both the two-syllable and three-syllable version are fine. Use whatever you prefer or what's dominant in your region. But if you're outside the U.S., it's probably better to stick with the three-syllable version, like coyote or coyote. But my research outside the U.S. isn't as extensive, so if it's important, you might want to look into that more. I'm Mignon Fogarty, better known as Grammar Girl. If you still need a calendar, check out my 2019 Tip-A-Day calendar, The Grammar Daily. It's at all your favorite online bookstores. That's The Grammar Daily. And you can find all my old articles and podcasts at quickanddirtytips.com. And in case you can't remember a specific offer code, you can now find links to most of my advertisers at quickanddirtytips.com slash offers. That's all. Thanks for listening. 